0: If you are a listener to this podcast, you are in for a ride. My episode with this guest was dramatically different and unique than the rest of our podcasts. It was very much conversational. It was very relaxed. We were both laughing. We were both having a good time. We hope you enjoy following along on these musings. We talk a ton about mental health. We talk about how you can escape the nine to five how you can live your dreams, how you can be excited about how you operate each and every day of your life rather than feeling like you need to live based off of these arbitrary predetermined cultural norms that we've been sold. Not that that's bad if you've consciously chosen to do that, but we do get into how to break through that. We get into how to stop an airplane if you ever feel like doing that, and most of all, We had a ton of fun, and we built a deeper bond and relationship, so I really appreciate the time that I spent, especially considering he's all the way across the world, living in Berlin, about to take a flight in four hours, yet he was here to be on this podcast. Please enjoy this episode with Mark Lien. This is Gripped. Mark, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. Good to be here. Really good to be here.
0: Yeah, long
1: time no see. Long time no fucking see, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm really glad we're doing this because this gives us a, a medium to to communicate on the things we care about. I don't think many friends or m- many people that are important to you have a space to really connect on that level. So this this one hour that I spend with you, man, or this 30 minutes, whatever we do here. It could, could be worth maybe months or years of personal development with other people, right? I hope so. It's on, it's on the same – yeah.
0: I hope so, and that's the intention. And I think knowing how important of a person you are to my best friend, which is Ian Gabriel, uh, it speaks volumes to the the urgency that I had to have you on this show. and And, the, and one of the reasons that I admire you so much is because – and you know – And the audience doesn't know, but we haven't spent a lot of one-on-one time together, but I've been able to observe how you've lived your life. And one of the things that I've always admired about you is that you always tend to beat to your own drum. And that for me is extremely valuable to have as an example, because when I tend to get really comfortable and get into this groove of... Um, all of the, the great things that are happening in my life, I tend to avoid the things that excite me most because this is pretty easy and, and the way that it's going right now is, is working out for me. And so where I'd like to spend the majority of today is talking about how to zig when everyone else is zagging, how to pursue things that excite you in life, how to make sure that um, the decisions you're making are because you want to make them versus their societal norms and cultural norms. And and I'll do this, and start off by illustrating for our audience just a quick observation that I've made. You worked at one of Canada's fastest growing tech companies,
1: which was great. Which was great. It was great, really then, great to work with you.
0: <laughs> and then you and then you flew, to Russia, yes, and you did a fifteen day silent meditation retreat. And I'm sure there's tons to unpack there. From there, you quit that aforementioned job, <laughs> and then you moved to Berlin to pursue a career in UX design, which is a field that you'd never worked in before.
1: Ever. Had no clue.
0: And then landed an incredible still job. <laughs> still don't have a clue. Uh, and then landed an incredible job <laughs> with a North American company working four hours a day uh, and, and making a great salary. And so for those that are listening that are like, that's a random chain of events. Maybe you could unpack, you know, the the decisions that led you to, or the the thoughts or conversations that led you to those decisions. Feel free to start
1: wherever makes sense. I mm-hmm. um, i I think what's what's really not valued enough in um, our education system and our way of life is is, is curiosity. I know that's going to be one of your questions. We do dive a bit a bit deeper into, but the The chain of events, when you play it back in in that sequence, it seems like oh he it, it might have seemed like that was the, there's a a pattern linking all of these together and they're connected in in some way, but really, I was just chasing after what was immediately in front of me and attractive to me, you know kind of like a just like a rabbit chasing a carrot and i i i th- I think so far it's worked for me um so far, being curious and being very. I I'd even say aggressive with my curiosities has has served well. I started UX research now 6 months ago um knowing nothing. Um I just turned down a job offer at Google for 140k 2 weeks ago because I just wasn't curious about that that for if if I were to commit to that I would be I guess I'd be shitting on my own value of curiosity and and and, and me and and that was what what brought me here in in the first place. So so I I, I don't want to do that at all, like any soon, I don't think um, we're at the age where we should settle on anything that is outside of our curiosity bubble. Um, UX research was actually not something I, I, I wanted to do. I was just curious about psychology. I was curious about how design influenced psychology. I was curious about culture. And UX research just happened to be something that connected all of those things together and was also like was high in demand. So I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about UX research. Um, <laughs> he doesn't give a
0: fuck everybody. <laughs> I don't
1: care. Like, But it was just curious to me. And I'm sure, you know, like you in the way that you you pursue um, relationships with other people in, in through your podcast and through the way you connect with people. That's a personal curiosity of yours, and you do that really well. This format is really great for conversations.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And Part of my curiosity getting to know you a little bit better before we did this show was reaching out to some people in my life that know you and could share some things that they admired about you could share some stories that they had both interesting and a little oh. bit and a little bit hilarious a couple that i can't oh, actually share on this podcast but one oh, of the damn. things that came up consistently was i really admire mark's curiosity about life it's almost insatiable what i'm wondering and for those that are that are wondering you know where does that where does that come from where did that start is this something that you you noticed in yourself pretty early on was it even a conscious was it even conscious that you were you know i just like i can't stop trying to to learn and, and figure things out or how did that how'd that first start
1: mm-hmm. um i i i want to take take this question kind of stab at it from from the outside and say um you as an individual might might think you are a couple of things but you never really know until you ask five of your friends what they think you're like and so um that was a great exercise i did earlier this year and then i found out okay i guess i'm a relatively curious person i was able to confirm that fact so that's something to to do to keep to not keep um to not be so delusional about uh who you think you are that's that's a high level idea now to specifically answer that um that question um it's where does it come from right is that where you're just exploring where does it come from, right? Yeah, was there
0: someone that influenced you? Did you read something early on, or were you just asking questions and and getting answers that you liked, and so you kept asking questions? I'm just wondering how that began, and how can we cultivate it?
1: Oh, I just I just read a LinkedIn post actually, and it taught me it's like seven ways to be curious. And- <laughs> so you can you can link you can, link to, you can yeah, link yeah. It. i I, li- I can link it in the description for you perfect <laughs> Thanks, <man. laughs> um mark no, seven, no. Ways to be curious. seven ways to be <laughs> curious um so so growing growing up i had uh, a figure in my life that um um was was very ooh, the, the word the word choice is important here um was a- aggressive Okay. It is the closest word?
0: Drink some of that beer you got.
1: Yeah. Take a sip. There you go, buddy. Take a sip, eh? Yeah. Sure it all. <laughs> I'd say. Um, aggressive. Aggressive. We could go. We could go better. I would say it was very. Uh, well, help me find the word here. It's when you're you you're you're aggressive, but you you do it in a way where you don't very nonchalant about it you don't care what, what anything is you don't care about anything that's going on around you and you're you're pursuing something without any sense of surrounding is there a word for that insane like i'm mentally insane that's that's the only word i can i can i can find so i grew up with a father that was me- mentally insane with his curiosities he pursued ideas um like a person who who was mentally insane. Um, I grew up with someone who, you know, I, uh, most of what I remember from my childhood, is actually stacks and stacks of books that I would climb onto. Okay. Um, my dad was doing um, studying at U of T, actually University of Toronto, for uh, applied mathematics, and he was doing uh, he was doing research on a particular equation that just ha- hasn't been solved since like since like ever. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, uh, when, when you attack problems, especially, I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with like the difficulty of discipline too, like, you know, um, I'm in research, psychology, sure, but it's still kind of like, it takes this much mental energy and cognitive, um, uh, power. But when you get to the physics and the mathematics, oh, whoa, oh, that's a different, that's a different wormhole. It can, it can really screw you up if you do it right.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so ba- basically um, I-, I just grew up with a figure that, um, that, that uh, led his life in that way and was not apologetic about it. Um, I think that's something I really appreciated in, in my, my parenthood and in, in the way my, my mom and my father, uh, they raised me. They didn't put me in the center at all. I was not in the center. It's like, I mean, in, in, when you when when you experience reality, you're never part of, you're never the center, right? you uh, things happen around you, and and side effects happen to you. But you, uh, if you grow up being the center and you you, you embody that, that I think um, just, you just don't experience reality uh, as, as soon as other people, I guess. So.
0: Yeah, there's almost a sense of entitlement.
1: Yeah, entitlements good. good way do put it? Yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, what I there's a lot to unpack there about parenting the What I'm most curious about based off of where you've gone with this is around you know you mentioned you know an opportunity came up and you almost felt like a rabbit chasing a carrot and you jumped on this opportunity. What I'm wondering is what it seems to be for me anyway, the Achilles heel of curiosity is that there's so much potential opportunity in the world that we can go after there's so there's so much potential that i can tackle how do you balance between getting really good at one thing and almost being an essentialist where you just prioritize this as being the number one key and you have a long-term vision you continuously move towards that versus you know a little bit of energy here a little bit of energy there tasting all these different avenues like as an example Right now, uh, I'm playing guitar, dancing, salsa and bachata. I'm doing a bunch of public speaking, full-time job. Uh, I'm trying to build relationships with potentially significant others and friends and family. So there's a lot going on. And so when, when a new potentially carrot comes up, I've got this curiosity. You know, I wonder if I could play guitar versus getting really good at one thing and going very, very, very deep.
1: Right. And so right, right now, well, what does your, your gut tell you about how to answer that question?
0: My gut tells me that I've got a lot of time and that quenching my curiosity and the thirst that I have to taste and, and test and experience a lot of the, the breadth that life has to offer will give me a better sense of where I want to spend time long-term as my my life progresses and i get closer to choosing uh, success being more important than kind of uh, tackling the each excitement i think that when i get to a point where i know success is the most important thing and i've tasted all these things that i'll be able to decide which one that i can tackle as almost the purpose of my life
1: i'm i'm so glad uh, you you mentioned that those are really wise words actually and the, it's it's really underrated. It's not underrated. It's really, um, I guess, in in our times now, it's it's hard to to come to that conclusion that I have time. There's enough time to, for me to to do that. I mean, granted, you you, you really, in reality you you don't have time. Sure, you have maybe twenty four to twenty eight. You know, your your brain is speaking. You have much more flexibility. You have little liability. But the, un, but, but. Under, but thinking that you have time creates so much more mental space for really tackling difficult questions and not tackling stress and not having to deal with the, the, the jitteriness of, of indecision of, of existentialism, which is, I, I'm so afraid of that. I'm so afraid of that. When I get to that point in my life, I crumble to pieces. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, you, did you notice like, that? Like, like, ex- like exactly what you're facing right now. Are my lowest lows in my life, period? You can do so much more than like, do so much more physical, mental pain to me, but existential pain, the, the pain of, of, of not knowing what to choose, that's, man, you're facing a difficult time there.
0: <laughs> do, you mind, it, do you mind double clicking on that for the potential yeah. students or people that feel like there's a lot of pressure to make decisions today? That will impact their, their future long-term. As an example, a, a lot of the reason I brought you on is, is to talk about um, societal norms that you break. Right? One of the, the big societal norms and, and uh, stories and rhetoric that we've been sold is that you need to go to school at 18 to decide what you want to do for the rest of your career so that can be very challenging and i know it puts a lot of pressure on young people especially their mental health to make those types of decisions so how do you how do you think about that and how did you think about that and how has that changed
1: mm-hmm. so um societal norms mm, yeah in in general as like a, a human being who needs to who wants to move ahead you want to break as many of those as you can you want to go out there and just Realize that that's a rule. I'm just going to break it. That that your default option, and actually, you're more the the, the option that will might that will contribute more to your life is to to break it first, and then see how it breaks, and see why the rule is there to begin with, and realize that these rules were basically built uh, there for a specific reason by specific people, and they don't apply to you in certain circumstances. That's very um, very broad. Um, I would bring it down now and say that I think, I think what we have going on um, and uh, the, the whole productivity, everyone's an entrepreneur. Hustle baby. Hustle baby. That's toxic as fuck. <laughs> that's I'm, I'm afraid I'm, I, uh, like I, I don't want so many people to to get trapped into that because I think that's the new norm now. The new norm isn't like oh nine to five. Like the new norm is you have to become an entrepreneur. That's the new norm. And so if that's the new norm, then why don't we break that norm? You don't have to become an entrepreneur if you work a great job and you're comfortable with your job. Then fuck that's it's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's toxic. I, don't, I, I think it's getting really toxic now. It's not. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a Mark Twain quote that I really like that says, as soon as you see yourself on the side of the majority, pause and reflect. Yeah. Wow. I like that. I'm wondering, for you, you mentioned, you know, when you see this norm, you should do everything you can to break it, shatter it, and see what happens. Can you tell us a story about a time, I mean, we've already introduced a lot of the the ways that you've done that, but I'm I'm just wondering if you can dive deeper into a specific time in your life where you've done that and Stop you can tell us what the outcome.
1: I stopped a plane once um, in Korea. I was on a flight from, I think, Korea to, to Hong Kong or Hong Kong to Korea. Um, it was a flight of 200 people, 250 people, like Boeing, everyone mm-hmm. lined up. And okay, so so for additional context, I was I was in a low in my life too. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so there's don't go around stopping planes, but um, <laughs> I, I I I was just just genuinely so low in my life that I just I was like, I I wonder what it takes to, s- to stop this plane, and I'm like I, I don't care. <laughs> Let's give it a shot. Let's try. Let's okay. see what happens. So yeah, I I just I walked up to uh, people were lining up. I was waiting there. This was a really dark time. Wow, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't even. I'm not even. I don't even. I can't even trace back why I was doing that. But anyway, um, you. you the thing about um. I think depression generally, and you might agree, is that it, your brain tries to erase bits and pieces of it and, and only store what's what will help you kind of survive later on so I'm taking the best pieces of it but there was probably more going on there um, yeah I decided I just wanted to stop that plane so I walked up to the flight attendant and I said you're gonna stop this plane right now and this flight attendant just um, and this was outside the plane um, people were lining up I was a, la- a couple last people going on the plane and I just said, hey, you're going to stop this plane right now. And she just looked around, and she just called the pilot, and they just stopped the plane. Like, they just stopped it. That's it. I'm like, oh, oh. That, that was easy, <laughs> I guess. Um, um, yeah, don't do that. I got in a lot of trouble for that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah. I don't want to attach any meaning to that story, I will say, though, uh, one of the other things that Ian Gabriel admires a lot about you is your ability to ask. To ask. Mm -hmm. Jim Rohn, he always talked about the beginning of the receiving process is to ask. And he recommends that many people, he recommends that everyone gets really good at asking for things. Mm -hmm. You don't get what you want unless you ask for it. So if you want a plane to stop everybody...
1: This is what ask. like, why would you want to do that? Um, if you, yeah, That's a big question. Why would you want to do that? But um, if you want to do that, the more powerful part is if you want to do that, and hopefully it's something more productive and meaningful, then you ask and you can see, you know, if I can stop a plane, then you could do much more meaningful and valuable things. And you have no excuse because mm-hmm. something a plane, plane is, it's not fun stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: And one of the yeah. things that you're doing that is meaningful and significant is you moved to Berlin. You found a job working four hours a day and uh, you're doing something that you're excited about and innately curious about. How did, how did that, how'd that happen? Is that realistic for, for other people? You know, I'm thinking about in my life how I can start doing more projects that I'm excited about. One of the things that is just calling my name is go live in South America, mm-hmm. learn oh. to la- learn to Latin dance, be in the sun yes. all day, learn to play guitar and speak Spanish and fall in love with, with, you know, some, some Colombian, beautiful Latin lady. Colombian yes. woman. Yeah, exactly. So that's, yes. that's calling yes. me, but I'm wondering, you know, what you did, is it realistic for other people and how would they do it if that's something they wanted to do?
1: Um, it's, it's realistic for other people. Yes. Um, some might take more time. St- stressing on that, um, take your time. Stressing again on that. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. But again, the big stress. Um, understand yourself. Understand what pieces you need to put together, and take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> I wanted to do this like by the time I was finished school, so I'm, I'm like three years late. So, but it worked. Um, do you want, I guess, to speak specifically to it. it? it's it's important to do something valuable. Now I'll share the, the, the way that I got this job right now, working for a New York-based startup of ten employees. Um, completely, oh, growth is completely uh, funded by the company itself. No, no funding. We, we Probably not even looking for funding. Um, great product, neuro pro- neurotech product called BrainFM. We design functional music, science-backed functional music to improve focus and relaxation. We're deployed in workplaces, uh, big four banks, um, hospitals. And uh, uh, how did I get there? Uh, like a big part of it was you know being the rabbit and chasing chasing the carrot. And the, the carrot for me was was that because I was interested in neuroscience, you know. Um, mental health, psychedelics—that that, that entire space—and then the uh, a big other part of it that I learned um, that uh, can't be understated is is be, and this is heard again and again, but be so valuable, be so incredibly valuable um, in your conversations. Del- deliver, just deliver. So the first conversation I had with the CEO, you know what I did? I spent two hours on their product, walking through like what I thought it could be improved. I did research. I literally surveyed other people on what they thought about the, the menu, the interface. I typed up two pages of potential product improvements, and then I just sent it to the CEO. I was like, hey, yeah, let's check, check this out. you know. And uh, I've been speaking to my, my friend Dan about this, and a lot of it is just... You want to. If you want anything, first of all, ask. Second of all, you want to deliver so much value. You know, this. That it's that it's it's awkward for them not to respond or mm-hmm. give you what you want. It needs to be fucking awkward. <laughs> um, um, and then that's 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 basically it. After that, immediately after that call I had with him, he hired me the spot, and. Yeah, I haven't been happier working for, for a company, for a really great company. Excited for this one. Oof.
0: That's an extremely inspiring story. Very few people are willing to take time that could lead to nothing. It could be a waste of time. And so I'm I'm wondering, you're knowing that you're adding value, did you have any expectations of getting anything back?
1: No, not at all actually not at this one not at i had no expectation i was just simply following uh, like again like curiosity makes it um i think it's like steve jobs says this best but when when you're, when you're curious and you're passionate about something um you don't really you don't need that feedback anymore you don't need that uh, that affirmation you don't need the positive results you just need to do you just need to go at it that's it that's how you that's what keeps you breathing. And so find that, find that, take the time to find that, whatever it is, you know, um, that's important. That's, that's number one, number one, everything, all the rules follow that rule, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's beautifully said. I wonder how, I want to, I want to transition into talking about mental health and the types of things that you do with only a four hour workday. Like what the hell do you spend all day, all day doing? I'd love to, I'd love to find that out. But the last question I have, about um curiosity is about how do we how do we actually feel it because i feel it i feel excited about some things how do we separate ourselves from the seduction of what's comfortable today or shatter the belief systems that we have that i have a responsibility to follow this path that my parents have set out for me or that culture has said is the right way to go versus what I innately want to do. You're saying look at the norms and shatter them, but there's so much there's so much pressure holding me down. This monkey on my back that's keeping me comfortable is so heavy, man. Like how do I how does someone actually take that off?
1: I I really can't I'm still figuring that one out. I'm really still figuring that one out. I don't have an answer at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still... They, they, norms happen to me.
0: If you're open to it, the closest thing that I've gotten to that is to decrease the amount of time it takes to make decisions. And the, the best way for me has been to say, fuck it. Interesting. Yeah, oh. I, put out, I put out an Instagram video when I, from when I was in Amsterdam, the only productive thing that I had to do while I went on that trip with Ian was as soon as I landed, I went, uh, I picked up some, some party favors. And then I went straight to Vodal park and I filmed the video about the way out of fear and doubt is to say, fuck it. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to shortcut decision-making and it keeps everything super simple. Was there was there a fuck it moment for you when you said I'm going to Berlin, or when you said I'm quitting my job, or when I said I'm going to go to this silent meditation retreat? Because you're saying you're, you're taking a lot of time, which is great. You made this decision, and then you know three years later, you end up doing what you said you
1: were going to do. To to be honest, to be very honest, I don't I don't have these moments. I don't have these fuck it fuck it moments. I, I think it just um my my curiosities and my circumstances change, and I become more conscious about them sh- slowly shifting. And then when it comes, the decision is, is, is very natural. I'm actually not a very, um, it, it may seem like it, but I'm not, I'm a fairly rational yeah. person that, that takes things very gradually,
0: not driven by impulse.
1: Yeah. And so it might look like that on, on the surface, but I, I think hmm, this is a hard one. I, I can't answer this. I well, can't let- answer this. Let's let's
0: park the even the mental health stuff and let's park the four hour workday stuff and talk about introspection because you clearly are asking yourselves you're asking yourself questions. Are you journaling? What what's this process look like for you? We talk we hear a lot and talk a lot about reflection and the importance of introspection. Mm-hmm. How how do you actually do that? How does
1: that manifest in your life? Okay, so um, first I'd I'd add that. Uh, the journaling everyday thing. Fuck it. No, like find your own <laughs> yeah. method. Find your own method. Find your own <clears throat> method. If it's if it's going out to a lake and screaming into it, whatever. Fucking do that. If it's going picking up three bottles of, of gin or like vodka or wine, whatever it is, and just drinking by yourself, walking down the streets downtown Toronto. Just do that. Whatever mm. introspection means to you, whatever like gets you gets you in there. Do it. I don't think the way I don't think we're looking at it right by saying by asking. By placing introspection into a, 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 a process, we're, we're asking the question of what is. What's the system for introspection? <laughs> yeah, we need to understand the product, which is getting deeper into you. And that could be simply even listening to a song that your friend sent to you years ago and dwelling on that for a month. So I don't know. I, I, it depends. And I hope people find their own way. Yeah.
0: That's okay. Sometimes no answer is the best answer.
1: I think that was an answer.
0: Y'all have, y'all have. He's giving you free reign to find the way that's going to work for you to get
1: deeper I inside. I think that's, I think that's important. Um, but to to put it to put it simply, for myself, um, so to, I guess to answer that question, I I do a weekly sprint. So I have several questions that I answer every week. Um, art is a good medium for introspection because it's fairly abstract and you can you can. Um, Pull onto different parts of yourself and explore other parts of yourself. school of life is a good resource school of life has probably opened up 60% to 70% of the introspection that's in me is school of life. So I would recommend that YouTube channel. I
0: YouTube guess. channel school of life. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. I think this is this is a perfect transition, because we're talking about introspection being whatever's going to work for you. And another thing that I think is important for people to consider is for mental health and self-care, what's going to fill you back up in times of stress and struggle and crisis differs from person to person. We see the Instagrammable versions of self-care, like drinking wine with friends or taking a bubble bath or something like that, but it looks different to everybody. What I'm wondering first and foremost, you know, what, is, what does that look like for you? I see you. Hitting hitting bags and wrestling your roommate in your apartment all the time. So I'm I'm wondering what does that look for you? And then what's your thoughts on on the mental health space and how we think about it today? Oh,
1: wine and bubble baths aren't bad. Mm. Wine and mm. bubble baths really aren't bad. Uh, actually, if I were to recommend something, um, showering in complete darkness. So so what you have to do is you got to get towels. You got to cover up all the light. and Make sure all of the, light, the lights in the- full darkness darkness um if you even if it's not dark enough even put something on on your eyes set the set the water to 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 a temperature that's a little bit cold so it feels like rain water just like peckling on you and then play one song and then just repeat that song and, and sit there what, what are we talking about what is this <laughs> introspection introspection self-care self-care yeah so that that gets me into a mood man that gets me into a mood that like <laughs> it gave, it gave a variety of moods, a variety of moods, but um, yeah, just I, I self care. If you think about it, it's it should be very individual, and that's what I've been for in, in, in this. Um, in, in my messaging, like, find your own way to care for yourself, explore it, experiment with it, try it, like, write it down. Do bowl bats work, or do I need to take a vacation and like escape to the Bahamas, or do I need to quit my job, or do, do I need to quit, like play the guitar, relax? Do I need to have conversation with friends? See how it makes you feel. Yeah, fuck, not an answer, mm-hmm. but it's the truth. Yeah.
0: You know, well, yeah. that, that opens up a lot of doors for me. Um, not to make this systematic at all, but reading four-hour work week, Tim Ferris talks a lot about 8020 principle and Pareto principle. Like, what's the 20% of activities that bring me the most joy and happiness? And then what's the 20% of activities that bring me the most amount of stress and anxiety? Right. And you know, the, causing me the 80% of anxiety. And I I'm wondering for myself, do I really know what those are? Do I have I thought about? Or, or am I actually consistently yes. doing things on a daily basis
1: that make me stressed amazing. out? Amazing. Ama- amazing self-reflection. Like lean, lean into that one. I think you'll find a lot of growth there. That's 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 great. That's really great. Um, I should do something like that. Yeah.
0: They expand on that too. And one of my questions for you is who do you want to spend more time with or who would you love to, to spend more time with? Because one of the other questions is he says, you could do that for every area of your life. You could do that for what 20% of people do you spend time with that give you 80% of the growth and joy and happy experiences of your life? And then what's the 20% of people that you happen to spend time with that create this resistance in you and uh, brings your energy down and, and doing that type of evaluation? He said you could do that everywhere. Mm-hmm.
1: That's something that that uh, we, we should be like almost hyper-conscious about, actually um you know the whole like oh you're you're uh, an average of the five four or five people i don't know the number you spend the most time with so um something that i did earlier this year was I, i mapped out my time how much time i spend with each person and then i mapped out okay so my interactions with ian example what do they turn out to be do i have more energy is my mood up do i feel better do i am i more productive because of my time with him or do i I go drink with John and I feel like I feel bad the next day. So yeah. it's, it's like th- different people interact with you different ways. So that's something yeah. to measure. That's something so you, to just experiment. You have to test it. You test, so you
0: test, test, test. You moved to Berlin to get away from Ian because he was draining all your energy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The guy was fucking me up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Love you, Ian. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about um, the, the four hour workday thing actually I um, so, so you said when you, when you, when you came to, to Amsterdam and you recorded that, um, that Instagram video, you can imagine. Okay. So you spent maybe how long did you spend in the park?
0: I won't get into the details, but I spent about hours, <laughs> five or six hours in the park. The video only took me an hour to film. Mm-hmm. Um, the trees assuming... and the, the clouds were beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm assuming that was a, a magical experience. Um,
0: so it was beautiful.
1: It was a beautiful experience. And I, I think and we've just been looking at the, the organization of labor incorrectly. You know? Oh, yeah, we want to be more productive, put more hours in. No, it's not how humans work in this world anymore. You, you spending that one hour um, making that video could probably maybe that contributed more to your life and more to the lives of people, lives of people around you than a full two weeks of work. For whatever reason that that video interacts with other things and builds yourself, whatever reason that you can't really observe. Um, and a good a good way to, to 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 understand the effects is is just follow your curiosity. But anyway, um, um what am I trying to say there? So so you spent an hour on that video and that was, that could be two weeks, maybe even a month of growth. I don't know. So I think that's how we should approach work. You know, like are you going to spend eight hours at the library or maybe just 20 minutes, but, but doing that, doing that well. Um,
0: Yeah. It seems like this arbitrary amount of number, this arbitrary amount of time that everybody needs eight hours to get their work done for the day.
1: That's bullshit, that's bullshit. Maybe, maybe 20, 30 years ago when um, we, we had less communication technology, we had less automation in the workplace. I could understand um, how some tasks need to be repeated and the hour amount kind of makes sense, but it's a different world now. Um, and I, I was having a conversation with my, my, my friend, uh, Kruno, about this, Muruma Kruno, uh, software developer for uh, a company. It's a startup that's funded by BCG, major uh, consulting company, basically big shit. And he was saying, yeah, I I think people should only work two to three hours a day. That's like maximum creative output. You sit down, just do two, three hours a day, but what else do you do with the rest of your time? It's not that you go on vacation. It's that you let those ideas kind of form and, and settle in your mind as you go through life and as you experiment with different things, you let, okay, you're still thinking about that problem, but you're thinking about that problem and you're, you're, you're enjoying a beer with a friend and you're mm-hmm. having that perspective, you're thinking about that problem and you're working out, you're thinking about that problem, and maybe you could also be on the beach too, that, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's not a four hour work day, it's a condensed two hour sit down day but a fucking 15-hour workday. It's actually a 15-hour workday.
0: I hear you. Are you saying that some of the problems that you're working on are ruminating in your subconscious?
1: Exactly. Yeah. More concisely said, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Why is that important? And it seems like that's only valuable for creative problems rather than kind of like some things you just like honestly have to grind it out. Like in, in, in the sales game, you could work on a few big whales, but that said, if you're not putting your, if you're not putting the inputs in, you're not going to get the outputs a lot of the
1: time. Mm -hmm. Uh, agreed, agreed. Different, different contexts, different, different uh, ways of working. Um, what was your question before that?
0: It was about subconscious. And like, okay. why why is it important to to let those problems ruminate in your subconscious versus just like trying to sit down and like figure it out and make it work?
1: Yeah, fair. The subconscious um, very limited understanding. Um, not a neuroscientist. Subconscious just collects more information, and so you're more likely to be correct if you listen to this subconscious, this gut feeling that you, you feel. That's it's not. Oh, it's not. This, this is voodoo. Like, okay, yeah. Like, it's it's not woo woo shit. Nonsense. I, it's it's not a part of it could could be it could be but um i mean the way we understand it now can be but that's not the point the the point here i'm trying to make is that uh, it it just simply collects more information there's more sensory inputs data inputs when you're just um relaxed the state of relaxation collects more information about something um whereas uh, focused attention tends to filter out things it's it's like that um uh, th- that YouTube video that you see of um, that gorilla, pa- there's people dancing around and that gorilla passes by and you can't really tell, that's a perfect example of how focus actually removes perception or it removes reality. So focus is your enemy in some senses because it takes you away from other details that are uh, objectively more there's ninety-five yeah, percent of the world. Yeah, exactly. Ninety-five percent of the world's happening up here. But if you're focused, you're only you only capture five percent, and that's just that's irrational. Actually, it's irrational to be focused on something for too long. You get delusional.
0: Okay. I only have a few more questions for you. Yeah. Matt. One of them. I'm one, of them <laughs> one of them. One of them. Because I know it's late. What time is it for you?
1: It's twelve thirty. And 12, I have a flight in 4
0: hours. 12:30 in Berlin. Mark, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah. Nope. Happy to have you on the happy to have you on the show. Um, yeah. I'm not sure your mic's a little bit further away from your, your mouth mouth right now, so if you can There we go. Thanks, man. Um, just to, just to finish up Is there anything that you feel to be true or you believe about the world that most people would think is insane?
1: Um, I, I think that um, you, you, you need to look at life. Uh, this is Jobs again. You, look, you need to look at life uh, like a series of levers. You know, when you when you're growing up as a child, you realize, and you want food, you just start crying. That's one lever. You cry, and immediately food or sleep or whatever need you, you have is presented to you that's one lever and as you you grow and you develop in the world you realize there's so many there's a lever here there's a lever there it happens you can maneuver in different ways if i if i talk to this person in a specific way and then two years later this will happen and this will impact that and so 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 getting good at life is about realizing that that these are all levers that you can you can touch if you poke something here then something here happens um I'm quoting Jobs again. This is something that I, I learned from a video from him maybe 10 years ago. If you push something here, this, something, something here happens. And I guess it's, it's not insane to, to think that, but to practice that is insane. To practice that, to say, I'm going to walk up to that lady over there and tell her to stop a plane. I'm going to push that lever right now and just see what happens. Uh, it's hard to practice that. But um, I guess the idea itself is not insane. Just to look at different things, experiment, test. Just, yeah. Is I don't there any way, know why I did that. Is
0: there any way to know what's going to come of those things or you can get better at guessing and, and look at patterns of how things work? Like as an example, you mentioned poking things. In 2016, I walked into the creative space in Barrie. I was about to graduate from college and I met – the CEO of Fix, Mark Castell. And it was an accident. I really wanted to talk to the owner of the space. And I interrupted a conversation that they were having. I had never met Mark Castell before. I just walked up to the two of them that were having a conversation. And I said, hey, nice to, to meet you. Um, you know, Craig, I really want to talk to you about something. And so I, I interrupted and then Mark left. And it was a mentorship roundtable. I didn't know he was one of the mentors, but he was at the very end. And as I was going around The event ended, and I didn't get to meet him. Right, I'm leaving now. I got what I needed. I got to meet the the owner of the event, owner of the place, and got some mentorship about a business I wanted to start. And as I'm leaving, and I open the door, he stops me and he says, "Hey, kid, are you looking for a job?" Wow. And I had never lived in Toronto before in my life. I didn't have any plans on living in Toronto. I wanted to start a business in Bradford with my sister. And instead, I get an opportunity to work in sales at. Canada one of Canada's fastest growing companies and like to think about all of the 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 reactions like you're saying that had happened because of that one poking mm-hmm. is un- unfathomable like I just came back from Amsterdam hanging out with Ian that probably never would have happened and like so much never would have happened and there's unlimited parallel yeah. universes of other things that could have happened if I'm just so, I don't even know where I'm going with we, that. But.
1: We, we, need, we need to do a Joe Rogan style. Podcast, <laughs> like, <laughs> we needed to load up some, some J's and, <laughs> uh, and, and revisit all these questions uh, one more time. Um, that's, an, um, that's a beautiful story. That's a beautiful story and a beautiful example of, of that idea, actually. I'm sure you have and a million so, of those. So, so how, how did you, what was your reaction like um, when, when, when he, he offered you that job? Like, lean into that a bit?
0: Yeah, at first I was like, no, I I didn't say that to him. But in my mind, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I've got a plan. And then when I went home and told my mom what had happened, she said, Jonathan, you know, there's more opportunity happening in Toronto in one night than there is happening in Bradford for the next 12 months, right? And I thought about what she said. And she reminded me that my grandma lived in the city and that would probably take me in if I asked her. And I did. And my nunna said, yeah, if you come to Toronto, I could take you in for a little bit. And so I, I then went in for the interview and had the, the job three weeks later.
1: Man, mom knows.
0: <laughs>
1: mom always knows. I don't know how, but they just always know. <laughs> they always just know more. damn, um, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's cool. Cool. Need need occurrence there. I'd say like the, it, it, in in that example, you, you pushed a mini lever, you expected something else to happen, but um, a, a ball over here rolled down into your contraption, and so it, it was great that you were able to observe it. The key here is to, to treat life like like a playground literally, and to throw things and to continuously play with your environment, um, and see how it behaves what
0: it is yeah I have that thought sometimes you're right a joint would be useful right now (laughs) I I have that I have that thought sometimes when I'm walking around the street and I'm just like my job right now is to play with this environment and see what happens like the the whole dancing on the street thing that I Uh never would have done if I didn't meet Ian Gabriel but watching him dance on the street made me curious about what that's like and like realizing that walking is so much more fun if you're actually dancing while you're walking (laughs) to good music and then just like the reactions you get from people brightens their day up you see them smiling you can like make eye contact with people and and be funny and weird and and Mm -hmm. and it's just interesting Uh, a whole whole
1: space of possibility opens up like exactly everything opens up that that was just a walk back to work (laughs) that's it Mm -hmm. and and now it it became so much more because now i have a new friend now you have a new friend Who knows who that person might be in the future Mm -hmm. for you, right? So, yeah. Anything Uh, else you wanted to cover?
0: Yeah, I want to read something. Uh Last summer, my brother and I spent three days together in Istanbul. One of those days, we were approached by a very young girl who appeared to be homeless asking for money. She spoke zero English and flinched every time Mark moved a finger. But, in parentheses was comfortable with me hugging and kissing me, end of Mark was well aware that this girl was intimidated by his male presence given the current state of her life and probably what she'd experienced in the streets. There were lots of kids in Istanbul who did this as well. They approached tourists and would not leave until receiving money. Having said that, after Mark's numerous encounters with these children of Istanbul, he decided to put his foot down with this young girl asking for money and refused to give her money. At first I thought, what the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? Let's give her some money and move on. But Mark was very firm and resisted from giving her money. And after realizing um, she was frightened with his presence, he took out a notepad. He started sketching a photo, handed her a drawing, and then she then blushed, smiled, gave him a hug, and happily left. And continued to smile at him from a distance. While money may have temporarily helped her with her situation, I'd like to think that the small spontaneous act of kindness that Mark did left an imprint on her and taught her more than 10 lira ever could have. That is a brief story about you and your sister and i wanted to share that because i reached out to her to ask her some things that she admired about you and she had some very nice things to say and she even went on to say i have no uh, honestly i'm not particularly sure where i was going with the story um and what quality this relates to but it's an example of the type of person that you are and so i'm wondering you know what was your thought process in that situation and uh do you have anything to say back to to kim about that
1: um i I think she's incorrect in, in thinking that this was something that I did and this was a story centering around me. I, I disagree. Okay. This was something that happened with all of us. All of us interacted in that moment to, to produce that, um, the environment, like the, the fact that it was really late at night, there was the people were closing shop, um, she had come up like uh, uh, another, uh, maybe your brother had had been walking around and and asking other people, and she was here with us, and she was being fairly persistent. We, she, she was staying with us for longer than five minutes, and it just seemed, it, it just seemed, I think, uh, the the right thing to do. Ah, oh, that's a stupid answer. No, but I, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I'll say that this was something that happened. Um, all of us were y'all contributed were, to it. Were, were variables here um yeah that's all i'll say about that it's a beautiful experience that i don't really even want to add anything to (laughs) yeah okay
0: well you know i i appreciate you kim sending that to me
1: means a lot and uh, yeah thanks kim go to your go you have so much shit to do go do go study Dude, what are you doing stop responding <laughs> you, like, Jonathan, to Jonathan, responding. To stop responding dms yeah stop this go go do your work <laughs> she stresses me out oh yeah in in, in a healthy way though. should we
0: save it for another podcast
1: oh yes yeah, yes yeah. talking shit about my sister <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool, Thanks. Man. Thanks for this question, though. Like, This was a really great, interesting way to connect with my sister, which I don't have many opportunities to do. So, Tell her you love her, man. I will. Okay. I will.
0: Um, the last thing is whatever's on your heart. You can share anything on your mind, anything on your heart, anything you've been thinking about recently, anything you want to put out in the world. I get to direct the flow of this podcast. I get to tell random stories and I get to interrupt you whenever I want because it's my show and that's how I roll. So this is an opportunity for you to take full reins, share whatever's on your heart. You can say nothing. You can ask me to turn this off right now. Totally your call.
1: I think that um, anyone who's listening or has been listening this far needs to, to pay more attention to what you're making and what you're producing. Um, I, that's all I can say. 'Cause there's there's something there's something here that I I can't put a finger on yet that is really valuable. This this conversation has been so valuable for me. In fact, this I've been looking forward to this maybe more than anything else in my life, period, for the past week straight. So um yeah, I, I'd say like you're 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 doing great things, Jonathan, and I think people should really um Give you great, great attention because there's a lot of great stuff coming from, from your direction here. And I'm super thankful for my time with you. That means a
0: lot. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate your friendship.
1: Appreciate yours, too. All right. That's <sighs> it, man. Exhausted. Ooh. Where are you going? Uh, Tel Aviv. <laughs> Shit.
0: My Nana just got back from there. She said it was awesome.